Welcome to After Hours with Dr. Sigalov, where he can share ideas and thoughts with you. He gets to the heart of the issue so that you can find the truth. The views and opinions expressed are his and do not represent the U.S. Army, DOD, nor the U.S. government. Dr. Sigalov was either off-duty or on approved leave, and Dr. Sigalov was not in uniform at the time of recording. Now, to Dr. Sigalov. All right, today we have a guest that wants to talk about carnivore. Now, as many of you may know, I enjoy eating meat as much as the next guy, but even more so, I think that eating meat and animal products is a way to heal the body. I've seen it in my own clinical practice. I've seen two patients with diabetes completely resolve their diabetes. Two patients with rheumatoid arthritis completely resolve all of their symptoms of rheumatoid arthritis and stop taking their medications, which is a miracle. Another patient with um, another autoimmune disorder, uh, sarcoidosis, and she was unable to, to do carnivore. So she did the next best thing. She did keto, and she had significant improvement of her symptoms, which is, which is a miracle because in medicine, we learn that, oh, you need carbs. Carbs are needed. Well, if you actually Google the term or use some search engine other than Google, um, essential carbohydrate, it doesn't exist. There is no essential carbohydrate. There are essential fats. There are essential uh, proteins, meaning we must intake them and our body doesn't make them. Um, now, now, Jess, you have, you've, you've been doing this for a little while. I think we actually started probably on different parts of the world around the same time frame in the beginning of 2020 eating this way. Now, tell me some of the things that, that kind of helped you learn about this and some of the, the changes in your life that you've seen. Yeah. So I started carnivore January, 2020 for world carnivore month. Um, and I, the reason I started it was because I couldn't lose weight. I was working out six days a week doing cardio, like heavy lifting, and I just could not lose the weight that I thought I needed to lose. And I was around 150 pounds, so I definitely needed to lose some weight. And I was eating healthy, and I was just getting really frustrated because I was in my late 20s, I couldn't lose weight, I had acne, I had mood swings, I just, I was depressed, I just didn't, I was hating my life. And my husband is amazing, and he started researching things like about what could help me. He started researching things that could help me. And he found the Sean Baker, Joe Rogan podcast and showed it to me and said, Hey, I think this could help you a lot. And I watched it. And at that point I said, what do I have to lose? I've tried so many other things. I might as well give this a shot. So I did uh, world carnivore month and kind of never looked back. I, I did deviate a little after world carnivore month, but the stricter I am, the better I feel. So I am pretty strict now. <laughs> yeah. And it's helped me like mood my, um, mentally, physically, I'm went down to like in the one twenties and now I'm gaining muscle again. So I'm in the one thirties and, um, my digestion is, is amazing now and no acne. That was like a big one. I was super, super insecure about being in my late twenties and having acne. That's an amazing um, story. That's very similar to mine. So I, I stumbled across, I think it was Jordan Peterson talking about his daughter, Michaela and how it helped with her idiopathic hypersomnolence, which for the lay person out there, that is like a more rare narcolepsy. 
which was interesting wow. because just a few months prior, I was I was diagnosed with that, and I'm like, well, hmm, it helped her, it cured hers. Let me see if it can help mine, and it didn't cure mine, but it certainly put it in control, so I wasn't falling asleep when I was, you know, sitting at home playing with the kids, and and then my wife started doing it, and she noticed all of the same things that that you noticed too, um, and it's it's been amazing. It's now one thing that I've I've been questioned about, and I want to ask you about, is it is it difficult to be this disciplined? Because it seems like if you limit your eating to only a few things, well, that's really hard. You must be really disciplined. How do you do that? Uh, I don't know if I'm the right person to ask because I have always, I'm not addicted to food. So just right off the bat, it wasn't hard for me to give up certain things because I never had an addiction problem. Um, So that didn't affect me. And then I've always been the kind of person where if I decided to go on a diet or anything like that, I was pretty strict and I could stick to it. Um, so I, I don't know, I guess I, I had have discipline. Um, so it wasn't hard to just have discipline with this, but the cool thing about carnivore is that you don't really feel restricted um, once you start healing and once you start feeling amazing, you don't look at it as not being able to eat something. You look at it as you are eating something that is like nourishing and healing your body. Like your perspective on food just completely changes from something that you enjoy and something that's like gives you a a sugar rush to something that is like fuel for your body. Um, so I, I think that that is what happened to me. It just changed my perspective of food of like, this is, this is fuel. And I no longer had to like give myself set dates. Like you're going to do this for 30 days. You're going to do this for this amount of time. I just, I love eating this way now. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, and that's amazing. Cause that's, I was kind of fishing for that answer and we haven't talked before. Oh. We've never spoken before. And, and so that's, it's exactly right is when you eat the standard American diet, you get standard American diseases. And then when you stop doing that and you do what humans have eaten for thousands of years, you know, despite what most doctors would say is that it's going to cause heart disease and all this. Well, then why did humans survive off of fatty meat for tens of thousands of years? Well, because it worked and it's what their body craved yeah. and it's nutritious. And then eventually yeah. you, you get in this place where you're like, your perspective changes. Like life is so much better eating this way, why would I go back and eat something that makes me feel like garbage or it hurts my exactly. gut or it hurts, you know, makes me in a cloud all day, makes me, you know, upset and, and more emotional. And, and that's the part of the discipline. That's not really that hard because life is so much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was, I was gluten-free before I was carnivore because I had really bad digestive issues growing up. I like I was had extreme constipation. I could I would only go to the bathroom like once every three to four weeks. And when I was 19, I realized I couldn't have gluten. So I was gluten free for about 10 years. So I wasn't jumping from standard American straight to carnivore. So I think that also made it easier. And I also was kind of really picky before carnivore anyway. So I would literally just eat like Chipotle every day and then have a smoothie every once in a while. So, so my, my diet, I wasn't a foodie, so it wasn't extremely hard for me to, to make that jump to carnivore. And then with all the benefits I saw, I was like, I don't need any of that stuff anymore. No, thank you. (laughs) 
Okay, so can we kind of go through some of the benefits that you've noticed? Like, was there sleep improvement? Was there gut improvement? Was there skin improvement? Was there mood improvement? Kind of go through some of those into as much detail as you feel comfortable sharing. <laughs> okay, so my poops. No, <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, so I my my <laughs> oh, gut. No, that's important it, though. That's, that is so important because like if you don't poop, but like every week or a couple like. That's all you can focus on. That's why, like, you know, you go visit, let's yeah, say, grandma no. or grandpa or something. They're like, oh, I haven't pooped. And yeah, because when you don't poop for a week, like, it's like not breathing, right? You don't think about it until you can't do it. Yeah. And then it's like, ooh, I got to breathe. It's a big deal. And yeah, no, I grew up like that. I But I would go weeks without pooping. And I and then when I would go, it was like the most painful thing. I would cry. I, I think, like... Um, my mom, when she gave birth to me, she like did something to her back from like pushing so hard. And I swear that I have the same back issue just from like being so constipated as a kid, um, which I'm, it doesn't bother me now, but like, I, I think that I hurt my back from pushing so hard as a kid trying to go to the bathroom. And the sad thing is my parents didn't even know I, cause we didn't talk about that in my family. So, and I genuinely thought that it was normal that everybody was, was experiencing that. I had no idea that you like pooped once a day, every two days, something like that. I thought that this was something everyone struggled with, <laughs> but and- uh, that's a great point that you bring up is when you're on the inside and you're living with something, um, like example, um, personal example is every time you stand up, you're not supposed to get dizzy. Every time you pick something up, you're not supposed to get, every time you do a back squat, you're not supposed to get dizzy. And I've lived my whole life like that. So it was normal. Well, on August 5th, I had heart surgery and now I'm not dizzy all the time. And it's like, whoa, Okay life has changed. And, and so when you're on the inside, you don't understand that that's not normal unless you're able to communicate those things to people, you know, and things like painful, incredibly painful poops are kind of embarrassing, especially when you're a child. And I imagine there was other things that went along with that. Maybe some disimpactions, which are also embarrassing, some enemas, which are embarrassing, you know, I mean, just like going to the doctor, those are all difficult things to grow up with as a child. Yeah. No doctors didn't never even ask me about it. They never asked me about my bowel movements. They never asked me about what I was eating or anything like that. And if I tried, I would try enemas and they wouldn't work. I swear I would, I tried them. Nothing happened. My body would poop when it wanted to poop. And <laughs> I, I hated my life. It was awful. And I had, it would pushed its way out through my skin. So I had really bad acne. I was bloated all the time. If I just touched my stomach, it would hurt. Cause it was just literally just full of shit. Um, and yes. And then I went gluten-free and it, it helped a lot, but I still would get constipated. And then when I went carnivore, I, um, my skin healed. I like the only time I get breakouts now is cause, um, we have to wear masks still in Japan. So sometimes I get like little breakouts from having to put a freaking cloth face mask on still. But, <laughs> um, so my skin is clear. My mood is, is so much better. I used to have extreme anger issues where I would be really, really happy. And then the flip of a switch, I'd be like super angry about something. And then I'd be really happy, super angry. And it was like a 
really bad, like aggressively angry. Um, and yeah, so, and then PMS symptoms, I used to get really, really bad cramps before carnivore to the point where I was in so much pain that I would like physically shake and throw up. Um, and I barely get cramps now. Um, my, my sleep, I haven't really noticed a huge difference in my sleep. I've never had issues with sleep though. So it's probably improved, but, um, I haven't noticed a significant improvement because I sleep great anyway. <laughs> um, and what else? My vision actually has improved. Um, I went to the eye doctor because I had wow. to get a new prescription because my old glasses were getting blurry and I thought my vision was getting worse. And they were, they said, Oh no, your vision's better. You need to, you need to change these prescriptions. So my vision's getting better. Um, my teeth are like getting wider and healthier. I haven't been to the dentist in like over a year, actually. I probably should go, but I don't, it, it just seems like carnivore kind of like, like you were saying, like we've been eating this. Yeah, we've been eating this way for thousands of years. And there wasn't like dentists, like you didn't go to the dentist every six months, like when you were out like hunting these wild animals and stuff, like you didn't go to yeah. the doctor, like, and it meat like really is the way we are supposed to eat it, it, it heals you and takes care of everything. It, it's amazing. One thing about the, the gum issue is it's incredible. Cause so like you ask any dentist, do gums grow back? So if you have gum recession, do they grow back? Every dentist will tell you, no, they don't. That doesn't happen. No. You know, we got to prevent gum recession. Well, when I was 17, I got hit in the face with the rope that was lifting 5,000 pounds. They had to wire my jaw shut. It was, you know, a whole thing. And ever since then, I've had gum recession on all of my teeth because to wire your jaw shut the old way, they'd wrap wires around your teeth and then tie an arch bar and then tie those two bars together. Not a pleasant experience, let me tell you. Uh, I recommend against it if yeah. you get the opportunity to break your jaw or not. And Okay. Um, and so I've been putting off for years and years and years, been putting off gum grafting because they have to go in, take gum off the roof of your mouth and, and then, you know, just not a, also would not be a pleasant experience. And about a year into carnivore, I went and was getting a pre-op with the periodontist, the guy who specializes in, in gum disease and gum grafting. And he said, well, he measured everything. And then he said, go get your teeth clean, come back in a month, came back in a month. And he had to double check to make sure it was the right patient, right chart, because everything grew back and I don't need gum grafting. Amazing. It makes sense Amazing. though, because 10,000 years ago, you don't have teeth, you're dead, right? So if your teeth rot out, yeah, well, you're dead. And it also mm -hmm. makes sense why I, children I... lose their teeth. Mm -hmm. our, our bodies are so amazing. Like they're so capable of healing if we just get out of our own way. And today it's like it's people true. think they need these medicines. They think they need sunscreen. They think they need all of these things to protect themselves from a world that we've been living in without those things for thousands of years. And you, why all of a sudden do we need all of these protections from this world that was literally made for us? Why would it be trying to kill us? You know? Right. Well, and, and it's interesting about sunscreen. And if you look at the graphs of sunscreen usage and uh, cancer, cancer, they rise together. They mm -hmm. rise together. <laughs> and, and this is anecdotal. Interesting. Uh, but we lived in a, 
we lived in Alaska, and before we were eating what we call strong food in our house, uh, my son, you know, in Alaska, right, not much sun, and he'd get burned after like 20, 30 minutes being outside. He'd start turning a little red, and we all right, we got to go in. We now live in Arizona. We're outside almost every single day. We don't use sunscreen, and this young man now has a tan. Like, he's very fair and light-complected, but he has a tan, and he's never burned since we've been here. Yeah. I, it's just, I it's mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I stopped, I stopped burning when I um, started carnivore. Like, the seed oils will get you. <laughs> it's so true. The seed oils are so bad mm-hmm. for you. And and mm-hmm. you look like yeah. you're fairly fair compare um complected and probably burned very easily in the past. Yeah. I, I'm tan right now. I still look fair. This is tan for me. <laughs> but not burnt, which is just it's it's amazing. Not burnt. Nope, I don't burn. Do you- um I mean I will if I stay out too long, but I'm but oh, it, yeah. I don't yeah. burn um like I used to, at least. Right. I mean we still have to you know, not do dumb things <laughs> like go lay on the beach yeah. um, with little to exactly. no clothes on. Um, mm-hmm. But we don't have to slather ourselves from head to toe with sunscreen like we had to in the past. Mm-hmm. Now, do you yeah, have, it just, do you it's one children? of those things where you, no, I don't. I, I have a dog. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good, good. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where you just, once you, it makes sense. But someone has to tell it to you, or you have you have to have that light bulb moment because you're just you you're grown you grow up tell, with people telling you veggies are healthy, or you grow up with people telling you wear sunscreen every day. So you kind of just accept that, and then when you actually think about it, and you're like, oh, maybe I don't need this, maybe I don't need that. It's you have that light bulb moment, and it it, it makes complete sense, and you realize how dumb you were. <laughs> And I, with carnivore, that there's so many things like that too, where you're just like, oh, why did, why did I think I needed that? Why, why did I tell myself I wanted that? Like, and even with like BO too, um, I don't have like, I used to have really bad morning breath. I don't have bad breath anymore. I don't have BO anymore. I barely wear deodorant. The only time I, I wear deodorant is if we do like a really hard workout. I I know I'll probably need it um, because it's insanely humid here in Okinawa and insanely hot. Um, So I do need it sometimes, but if I'm just going out like day-to-day normal stuff, I I don't need deodorant. Um, It's amazing. (laughs) Carnivore saves you so much money. People say it's expensive, but you don't have doctor bills. You don't have to buy like even shampoo and conditioner. I don't use shampoo and conditioner anymore or body wash. I just wash my hair with water, wash my face with water, wash my body with water. And you you like, you don't need that stuff. It's crazy. (laughs) You're taking the Paul Saladino approach to it. I I see that is, it's it's great. Yeah. Uh, I still use a lot of that stuff, but (laughs) Um, I haven't been brave enough to go quite that far. Um, but yeah, but like it makes sense though, because body odor comes from bacteria on the skin. So if we change what we're putting in our body, then that bacteria on your skin and in your gut will change. And it is so connected, like especially gut bacteria is connected to physical health, emotional health. I mean, just everything in your life. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And the, the, the body wash and stuff, I, I ran out of it and then I just was too lazy to go to the store and get more. So I was like, Hey, why not? And, and then I started doing it without it and I didn't need it. I realized I didn't need any shampoo or conditioner and stuff anymore. So <laughs> it, it worked out. It wasn't intentional though. I, I, I wasn't trying to be like Paul Saldino. <laughs> And he's if if anybody's never heard of Paul Saladino, he is a a pioneer in this field. Um, he's he's on the more extreme discipline side, which is it's good to hear that. Um, but you also have to remember that you have to find how this fits in your life, and doing it the way he does it is it may not fit with your life, and that's okay. What can you do to make your life better today? What better choices can you make today that makes you better than you were yesterday? And that, that's a really important mm-hmm. thing to remember when you watch him because uh, he's going to tell you, this is the best. Well, okay. If you're not capable of doing the best, then what can you do? Let's do that. What little step can you take? Okay, let's mm-hmm. take that little step today. Yeah, that's so important. Like when people found out that I was carnivore, they would always, the first thing they would always say is, uh, well, you don't eat veggies. The, the veggies thing is the hardest thing for people to wrap their mind around. And they immediately they jump over the no carbs and no sugar and go straight to the veggies. And they say, Oh, I I couldn't eat like that. I I can't give up the veggies. You need veggies. And I'm like, well then give up your processed carbs and sugar. And they, they don't, they can't do that. They, they just jump straight to the veggies and and just completely, uh, uh, like disregard carnivore. And, but it's like you, you, you don't have to give up veggies if they don't, if they're not harming you, or if you're not getting a reaction to them. Like you can give up all that processed stuff, though. You can you can make tiny steps to try to get better, like you said. Like my dad, he, uh, like your clients, he was type two diabetic, and his doctor actually told him to go keto. And him and my mom still have a really hard time giving up veggies. They really like veggies, but they gave up the processed sugar and the processed carbs, and he's no longer diabetic. My mom's lost like 20 pounds and my dad's lost like over 30 or something like that. Yeah. So just, just taking, decreasing that junk a little and increasing actually like healthy, nutritious food, like fatty meat. Um, it, it changed their lives. And on top of that, my dad had gout my whole life and he was told to stay away from red meat. And then when his doctor told him to go keto, he was like, you mean I could have been eating steak this whole time? Like, I just had to give up some (laughs) bread and some sugar. (laughs) So is his gout resolved? Has it resolved since he started eating steak? Yeah, yeah. He doesn't have any flare-ups. The only time he has a flare-up is if, because he is addicted to sugar. So the only time he has a flare up is if he gets a sweet tooth and has like ice cream or something he, he shouldn't. Wow. And he gets a flare up from that. But just eating red fatty meat and veggies and, and stuff like that, he, and dairy and stuff, he doesn't get any flare ups. And, and to give people an idea of how bad gout is, I've had some patients that had really bad gout, like so bad that, it was starting to be in his spine and it completely debilitating. Um, typically it's stereotypically seen in like the big toe cause it's furthest away from the body. And so you get these crystals that precipitate out and then your immune system attacks the crystals. And that's in- so incredibly painful that the sheet on your bed, touching that big toe sticking up when you're sleeping is too painful. Nine out of 10, 10 out of 10 for most people. And 
I had a patient that had it in his spine, and this was unfortunately this is before I knew about carnivore and how it could help. Um, but I, if you're out there listening, please try it. Mm-hmm. But those, those yeah, life changing things. Yeah, someone commented on one of my Instagram reels recently, and was like, "Well, I have what? What's the thing called before it develops into gout? It's like uh, hyper. It's like an H and a U, right?" Oh, um, yeah, hyper, um, like yeah, ur- you uric high uric crystals. Yeah. High yeah. It's, uric yeah, crystals it's like some like long, long thing. And he was like, oh, I have this. So this isn't helpful for me. And I'm like, oh, m- well, my dad had gout and it really helped him. So you should give it a shot. And it's just so funny that people, I mean, I understand that people still believe what they're told, but being on this side of it, it's sometimes difficult to, to not like, just try to shake it into people. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. It's like, what did your ancestors eat? They ate meat. They followed the herds. Yeah. (laughs) And, and and just slap the sunscreen out of people's hands. (laughs) Slap the seed oils out of their hands. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is when I first learned about this, like I was, and I've said this multiple times before, but like I was in a cloud, I was in a daze and just, I was telling patients, Hey, you got diabetes. You need to do this, this, and this, and how that was looking at what the American diabetic association, the American heart association were saying to eat a bowl of oatmeal for breakfast. If you have diabetes like that, if carbohydrates are like a poison to these people, then why are not we telling them to eat a bowl of it in the morning? And this is when I was beginning to learn about carnivore and as like, it's hard to justify these, these two differing opinions. And one of them makes sense from a historical perspective, right? If we look back in history and the other one is what we've been doing for the past 60 years or so, and people have been getting more and more sick. So well, that doesn't seem to make sense. Yeah. And I love too, when people say, well, we're living longer, so we must be doing something right because we have a longer lifespan. But we're unhealthier. We're living longer, but we're more unhealthy than ever before. And we're getting unhealthier younger and younger and younger. So what kind of life is that? And everyone's just kind of just on the wheel. Just yeah. going about really their day. Longer? Just Yeah. Yeah. Because um, of course, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Well, because there's, you know, people say, oh, well, the average age of death way back in the ancient man age who was like 40 something well yeah because people got gored to death and women died in delivery and and babies died in delivery but if you look you know if you live past that age and you you didn't get an infection that would kill you and you wouldn't get gored as you're trying to go hunt for the your your tribe you'd live into your 80s 90s you'd live very old without those health problems that we're having now Mm -hmm. yeah and are you are you religious at all yes Yes, ma'am. Yeah, and so do you. So you do you believe like in the Bible, like they lived like hundreds and hundreds of years. Like, how do you feel about like? Do you think yeah. we were meant to live that long, and then just all of the things that the man-made creations that were supposed to help us kind of just like started chopping at our lifespan slowly? Like, do you think we were naturally meant to live hundreds of years? I I think. Well, in, in Genesis, it says my spirit will not be with them over 120 years. So I don't know if it was that group or if it was all humans where God's like, okay, all right, you, you're hanging around here long enough. We need to, um, 
but if but there is a good biblical basis for for carnivore, or at least for keto for sure. And you know, the first thing that that God did when He kicked Adam and Eve out, He killed an animal and gave him the skin. I doubt God said, "Okay, well, let this meat just rot here." No, he's, he's not a wasteful God. He he probably told them to eat, and I think the evidence that they ate it is the next story with Cain and Abel, where Abel became, you know, a sheep herder, and he had sheep. And if if you're thinking, let's say we're back twenty thousand years ago or however long it was, and God says to sacrifice something important, and you burn the fat, which when you're eating carnivore, that's seventy five percent of your intake. That is a valuable thing. That's that's right up there with water. And you burn that mm-hmm. saying, God, I trust you that you'll provide. Well, that's a true sacrifice. And that was acceptable to God. And then you look at Cain. He gave vegetables and grain. It specifically says vegetables and grain. And if we're not to be eating those things, then it's not food. It's not a sacrifice. And mm-hmm. the interesting thing in April yeah. of 2020, there was an article that came out that said that those that eat no meat have more behavioral health issues than those that eat meat. What's the next thing Cain mm-hmm. did? Murderous rage and killed his brother. Killed. That seems like a pretty big behavioral yeah. health issue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> seems like a red flag right there. <laughs> and, and and we skip forward just a little further in Genesis where, I don't know if he was Abram or if he was Abraham yet, but he's standing at the tree in, in Moriah and the angel of the Lord and two other angels come. And he sends the servant to go kill the fattened calf, get butter and bread. Well, that's keto. And it's not kosher. They haven't been given the kosher rules yet. But it's it's certainly not a kosher meal because you've got butter that didn't require death. And you have meat that did require death in the same meal given to God. Yeah, I think when I did start carnivore, uh, people would try to like argue with me on the biblical basis. And I would hear, I would hear things like we, we weren't made to eat meat. We were made to eat veggies just like structurally with our teeth and and God made us to eat veggies, um, which just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, even before carnivore, that argument didn't really make sense to me. I, I was never vegan or vegetarian. Um, and or people will will quote different scriptures where there's you eat grains and blah blah blah. But to me, it seems like all of the scriptures that support grains and veggies and stuff like that, they have to do with like sacrificing, like you're saying, like sacrificing to the wrong god um, or, or sacrifices and um, and things like that. So it, it doesn't seem like consistent to me when I look into it biblically. And I, I, I know I'm carnivore, but reading the Bible does kind of suggest to me that in my opinion, that it supports like eating meat and carnivore from everything I've seen <laughs> and read. Yeah. And, and there's the, uh, the other argument I've got, well, what about the Daniel diet? Daniel, you know, Daniel and his diet, he, he didn't eat meat for 40 days. It's not a diet. It's a fast. And that's a really important distinction because fasting is important. There is a biblical basis for that. There's a health basis for that. And there's this rabbi that I listened to. uh, His name is uh, Daniel Lappin. And he says that the Bible is not a a self-help guide. It is more like the nuclear, um, like the the manual for the nuclear um, powered submarine. 
it gives you everything you need to know and it's there it's just encoded in a way that you may not understand and when you're on a fast you may take stuff in but it's non-nutritious food and you know we don't have to go down the rabbit hole of nutritious food and plants but they're not nutritious and they have anti-nutrients in them that block and keep things from getting in your body so that there may be a biblical basis but it's more for the fasting not for eating plants Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I love fasting. I um I my body responds really really well to it. I try to do like start eating at noon and then stop eating at six o'clock. And I th- I also think that my body works well too when it's like on a schedule. Like if you're eating the same time every day, I think that's really beneficial for your body too. Um, and and like you said, just getting proper nutrition because calories matter because that was my mindset before that I could eat. I just had to eat a certain amount of calories and then I had to go work out and go work them off. Like my mindset was that the gym made you healthy, not the food you were eating. I, I had no idea that nutrition was so connected to my body and my health. I, I really didn't like, it, it sounds stupid now, but I, I had no idea. I thought you just had to stay under a certain amount of calories and then go to the gym and you'd be good. And obviously it didn't work well for me. And now I don't count calories. I just eat when I'm hungry, um, between noon and six. Um, sometimes I don't fast, but I try to fast and, yeah, it's working out great. And and I go to the gym when I want to. I love working out, but it's not, I don't feel like I have to anymore. It, it's more of like a celebration of what my body can do, not like a punishment for what I ate, you know? Yeah, no, that, that's, that's a great way to look at that because it's so often we look at, oh, I can eat whatever I want because I worked out. Well, you can't overcome the metabolic damage that you've done and the, the seed and nut yeah. oils that we eat. Uh, in the standard American diet, they just, they cause the metabolic damage, which leads to insulin resistance, diabetes, hypertension, obesity. I mean, just all these things. And it's almost impossible to become obese eating animal fat. It's almost, I don't know how you can. I've never seen anybody do it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's because a lot of people who, my friends who don't really believe in carnivore, um, they, they still think they could eat whatever they want as long as they just go work out or something, but, and they feel better. They feel better eating that way. Cause, um, what they'll try it and then they'll give up really quickly. Cause they miss, I think they, the people, a lot of people have an addiction that they don't quite admit to. Um, but it'll catch up to you. Like that's the, that's the thing. Like you may feel good now, like you're young and you may feel good now, but you you can't outrun it. Like eventually it'll catch up to you. Like eating unhealthy junk, like non-nutritious junk is eventually going to like come knocking at your door and, and give you a whole bunch of issues. There's this old saying that you can't outrun a donut. And what that means is (laughs) there's no exercise you can do. It's all diet. It truly is. And when I counsel patients, or when I did, I guess, because um, I haven't been working for a while now, as most of y'all know, um, is when I counsel about this stuff, I talk about food. And then at the very end of it, I'll say, okay, do you know what I didn't discuss? What I don't want you to try to do if it's going to distract you from the food is exercise. You exercise when you're ready. 
But if you make that part of this this thing that we just talked about, which we, we didn't talk about, and that throws everything off and makes the food fall flat on its face and not succeed, then it's not helpful. Don't do it. You exercise when you're ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and do something. I think it's also important to you to do something you enjoy, like to more, more find a hobby. Uh, like me personally, I love going to the gym. And I love lifting weights and stuff like that. But a lot of people don't. A lot of people hate it. Where Or they, they may like kayaking or hiking or playing soccer or something like that. Um, so you don't have to do something you don't want to do. Like try to be active in a way that will make you happy. Because a lot of people too have this mindset around working out where it's – I think CrossFit had a big, had a a lot to do with it too, where you have to go, you have to go kill yourself every single day. And if you're not, if you, if you can still walk after you're not trying hard enough, try harder. And it's like this mentally exhausting, physically exhausting thing that you just like, don't want to do. And to me, I don't understand that at all. I've never been a fan of that kind of mentality around working out. I, (laughs) I, I like to work out and have fun and enjoy it and push myself and, and be happy about it and, and not like dread it. I I don't understand the point of like dreading a workout. I don't think that's beneficial. Right. And yeah, it's, it's not good to use exercise as punishment. And it's also not good to look at food as reward. Yeah. And I think that's one of the biggest things is we, you know, so we have kids, right? I, I remember you saying you don't, but, um, and I think this works, this analogy works well for adults too, because it, it's simple and it's easy is we call it strong food. So if it's anything from an animal, it's strong food, strong food makes me strong. That That's really easy to get when you're like three years old and older, weak food. Well, dang, that makes me sound like I get weak if I eat it. And it's true. It does, you know? And yeah. one thing we notice, like when our kids start having a meltdown right after they've eaten weak food, we go, okay. And this gives them some insight. They, we tell them, look, it's either you're acting this way and you need to stop because this is not helpful. This is not good for the family, or you're not capable of stopping because you just ate that weak food, which is it. If it's the weak food, then we need as good parents, we need to do less of that. Like I wouldn't let you play with the cleaver because you're screaming and crying because you wanted to play with it. That it's a dangerous thing. Weak food can be a dangerous thing because if it affects your mind and then that affects, you know, your, your behaviors affect the relationships around you. You can damage every relationship around you just by the food that you eat. Mm. Yeah. Growing up, I had really bad, like mood issues. Like I, I, I mentioned before, but I always thought that it was genetic and cause I, there's anger issues in my family, um, and like mental health issues in my family. And I thought that was just the cards I'd been dealt, you know, like what part of who I was in, in my DNA. Um, and then when I went carnivore, it, it's weird. Cause, um, it helps just like defog your brain to where you can kind of just like think more clearly about things. So I, I think that like just taking away the brain fog just allowed me to like actually stop and think about the choices I was making. And I, I wasn't making like, I was no longer controlled by emotions. I was able to 
stop and think and make rational decisions. Whereas before they were like knee jerk decisions, um, just based on emotion. Like, um, my, my poor husband, um, (laughs) before, before I went carnivore and I had acne still, uh, I would put on makeup to try to hide it. And if I didn't like the way my makeup looked, I would literally have a mental breakdown and start screaming and crying. And I would refuse to leave the house. Like we would have plans to go out somewhere. And if I didn't feel confident enough to leave and didn't think that my skin was like sufficiently covered, um, I would refuse to leave the house. And that I did that multiple times. And then I have other stories like that too, where like, if I, if something went wrong, I would have like a mental breakdown and it would just completely ruin my day. And now like because of carnivore, like I, I, I I don't want to say like it, it is because of carnivore, but like it is because of carnivore, like you, that it just like, it, it changes, it changes you. I am a completely different person than I was just a year ago, even. A good way I like to describe this too is if you have, let's say, a machine, let's say your car, and you want to drive your, and let's say it's not just your car, it's it's a race car. I mean, this is a high-performing vehicle. And are you going to put low-grade, low-octane fuel in it and expect to get high performance? You can't. That's that's a foolish thing to think. Are you going to put water in the tank? Are you going to put diesel? No, you need to put the right fuel for the right machine and the best fuel. And yeah, humans can, you know, and there's, I've had patients say, oh, I, I know my body, doc. I need, I need my asparagus. Okay, well, you may know your body, but I know bodies and, and humans like, like all horses need grass, all cows need grass, all, all large cats need meat. Well, humans need meat and we can maybe handle other things, but if you want the best, the peak fuel for peak performance, animal products. With... Maybe yeah. some carbs and in it's, there. It's, yeah, yeah, if you need them. Like, um, and it's it's perfect. It's the perfect food. Like, um, it has all of the essential, like, nutrients that we need in it. Like, literally everything we need to survive is in meat. Um, the only reason that people don't eat meat today is because, like, of a huge, like, marketing scheme to make money. And then people, like, it's been instilled into generation after generation and now we believe it but just scientifically like any any respectable like medical professional or scientist or whatever will admit that meat is superior to to plants Um, and if they don't they're either paid off or not great at their job (laughs) spiritually blind is the term i've been using because if you I had this realization, you know, and, and first I want to preface this with this guy that made these videos. He's got really good information. He's got some different views on things. So this is not me uh, subscribing to all of his views, but, uh, this guy, he made these videos called the epitome of malnourishment and they're on YouTube. There's like six or more episodes of it. And in one of them, so, so the, the premise is he, he takes people who have been putting their lives on YouTube and then they'll decide to switch to veganism and and he'll put the a couple of videos before and a couple of videos after and the transformation is just astounding and one of the guys like like one of the guys was talking and like a tooth flies out of his face while he's talking because of the poor nutrition 
Um, these people become, they, they begin to look like, you know, malnourished. Some people become, you know, over caloric. They have too many calories, but they're still malnourished. And in particular, one of them that just really stuck out in my head as a, as a spiritual thing is that, you know, when you lose B12, or the only place you really get B12 is in animal products. And when you don't get enough of it, you eventually, you know, you begin to have anemia, which makes you weak and tired all the time. But at its furthest extent, you can begin to have neuropsych symptoms that look like schizophrenia. And one of the the guys in this video, he just went like, he just lost it, like completely started screaming like was normal and then started screaming and how he hated babies and he wanted to stomp on babies and he pulled out this giant K-bar knife and just like started wait. It's like, whoa, this guy looks like he's possessed. I'm not saying he is possessed. I'm not saying that. But isn't it, if you've ever read the, the book, Screwtape Letters, where it's um, kind of a perspective from Satan how he attacks humans and wouldn't it be a great way to attack humans by convincing people that nutritious food is not nutritious and then their mind gets so altered from not having those nutrients that they can't even see they're having problems what a great way to take down yeah. society yeah and that that's interesting too because one thing that was really starting to to bother me um in the church in the christian community and stuff like that is everyone always talks about like the spiritual battle. And I understand that. I understand there's a spiritual battle and, and, and things spiritually are happening, but there's things practically happening too. You can't just turn a blind eye to the practical world and just look at the spiritual world. Like we are still here physically in our bodies. So you still need to think about like reality and what's happening around you instead of just like, Oh, not today, Satan, like, and, and weird platitudes like that, you know? So like in the Christian community, especially, I think it's super important to try to like get the carnivore message out there because it seems like every single week at church, like, uh, when, before, when I was living with my parents, when I go to church with them, people would ask for prayer about like their hurt back and, they're, they're sick and this and that. And then they'd be like snacking on these donuts and, and doing all like eating all of these like nasty things. And it's like, hello, like you can't shovel junk into your body and then say, dear God, please help me to overcome my diabetes. Dear God, please help me to overcome this issue. It's like, you have to practically make like choices for yourself too. Like you can't just rely on like spiritual intervention for everything in your life. Like you still have to make smart decisions, um, based in reality. You know what I'm saying? And I, and that Absolutely. kind of bugs yeah. me about like the Christian, the Christian community, because they, they will just like shovel a bunch, not everyone. I don't want to say like they, but like a, the people in the Christian community will just shovel junk in their mouth and then just pray for healing. And I don't think that that's consistent, logically consistent. <laughs> no, because we're, we're not just called to be spiritual warriors, but we're, we're to take care of everything the good Lord has given us, whether it be our relationships, mm -hmm. our finances, our spirit, um, you know, and, and to take care of our body. Well, are we taking care of our body if we're obese and diabetic and about to lose a leg? Yeah. Is that being a good yeah. steward? I, I don't think so. 
Yeah, I, 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 I don't want to say that. I don't. Just now that I'm carnivore, I just I look at like obese people differently. Like I just, I just think like, oh, you could, you could be different. You know, like you could take that under your own control. And I just really don't like hearing now when people are like, oh, it's just genetic. Oh, I can't, I can't change it. Um, and but like you were saying, like don't the devil's smart. Like he's not. He, like, he's smart and he's evil, you know? So like, don't you think like you, you can't just be looking for like spiritual things coming at you. Like you, he's going to use practical things too. like, um, try to get you any way he can, like to make you unhealthy or make you miserable any way he can, like in, in spiritually or, um, physically, you know? Um, so I think that that message is missed a lot in the Christian community because everyone's just focused on spiritual warfare. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right, and you know Satan, he can't get to God. There's he can't do anything to God, but what he can do is he can destroy human. He can destroy you and destroy me, and that gets to God, and it and it brings more people to be in misery with him. And so, something as simple as eating. I mean, because like who gave us the food pyramid that later turned into a plate that later turned into whatever it is now, whatever bad recommend it's the government, and I'm not saying government <laughs> is Satan. I'm not saying that, but, mm-hmm. but they're more concerned about feeding the masses. And that's how Satan works is he, he whispers in the ear and he says, oh, we'll do this for, for your friends and family and for fellow humanity because it's going to be good for them. But the end result mm-hmm. is not good. And that's how you can tell that like, yeah. okay, well, that's. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of the like nutritional advice and stuff, like a lot of the nutrition uh, sphere is composed of like seventh day Adventists. So it's like interesting because a, a lot of it is like from a religious community. Um, so it, it's just, it's just an interesting thing to think about because you, you can't get too like caught up in, in religion and cause they're kind of the ones that got us in this mess. And plus on top of that, um, like Ansel keys, um, he's oh, the yeah. reason why mm. everyone hates fat and is scared of fat. And, and, but he was very ego. He was, he was very egotistical and like wanted to be right. And he hated being wrong. And if anyone second guessed him, he would like, just try to like demolish them and ruin their career. So it's like, that's also not good qualities. Like those are also like, not, um, like moral qualities to have. So it's like, they're, there are evil like things happening in the world around you that aren't that snowball into these like bigger issues that we're in now. <laughs> it's interesting. You mentioned, I don't want to bring up the seventh day Adventist thing, but um, Kellogg and the, the frosted flakes. It's an interesting story is the reason mm-hmm. they developed frosted flakes was because well, young boys and men were had too much idle time with their hands and were doing things that they shouldn't be doing. So let's give them frosted flakes to eat or just cornflakes to yeah, eat. Yeah, meat. And meat made you too which, meat made you too horny or whatever. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It, yeah, it, it it made the passions burn. And the problem with that is when you eat things like cornflakes and you cut out meat, you don't have the building blocks to make testosterone, progesterone, estrogen, estrogen um, for men and women because we all have all of them, just different levels of, of them. And so if you start lowering the testosterone, now you make men weak. 
which is disastrous for all of humanity. And it's not that women are weak. It's, it's that a weak man destroys everything around him because a weak man won't stand up for what's right. And it's not that women can't stand up. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is in society, this is just the way it's been for thousands and thousands of years is that good men have kept evil at bay. And when there's no, and good men are strong men, maybe not physically, but emotionally and spiritually. And if they can be, if they have the physical capacity to be physically strong, they keep evil at bay. When you have weak men, weak doesn't mean physically weak. It means emotionally weak. I remember seeing this video of this, I think it was in Canada, of this very like scrawny guy. Roundhouse kicked a pregnant woman in the abdomen. And it had to do with COVID, blah, blah, I don't know, whatever. She wasn't wearing a mask or something. And that's a weak man. That's a very weak man kicking a pregnant woman in the abdomen. And it's like, that's what you have when you make men weak. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's definitely, it definitely, society is on an interesting path right now to where the men are getting weaker and the women are trying to step into the role of a man. And I don't believe that I, I completely believe that men and women are different and have different roles. And I don't think women should take on the role of a man. And I think that it's just making society spiral even more out of control because I do believe that God created us for specific purposes and we are trying to step out of those purposes and, and disregarding God's creation. And I I don't think that's going to end well. (laughs) Yeah. And, and even then, like there's biblical basis that like, you know, women can lead and there are women that are very gifted with that. Like Deborah, she was one of the judges and and so having a biblical view doesn't mean all oh, women can't ever no that's that's not what it is but but the way it's worked out is men are usually given those spiritual gifts of leadership and it's not that women don't have them they do some do and and being the head of the household you know being at home you know my my aunt my great aunt used to say you know hispanic culture so very man leads the house right um she'd say yeah the the man is the head of the house but she say, but I'm the neck. The head ain't looking anywhere that I'm not turning it. <laughs> and, you... <laughs> and, and she would do that very, yeah, she's very, you know, very strong, but also have womanly ways to subtly turn and, and to guide and direct and using those spiritual gifts. And so, you know, the, the difference between the head and neck doesn't mean one's better than the other, right? As the body of Christ, just yeah. because you're an ear or you're an eye or you're a foot or a hand doesn't make you lesser than the other parts. We all have to be together for this to work. Yeah. And I, of course, like people will have like different gifts and and everything like that. But I, I do think that too many people, too many women um, are trying to force it. And I, and I don't think that's good. Like, I think, I think too many women today are trying to force themselves to act like a man when they don't naturally, that's not their natural disposition. Right. And this old idea of, you know, like it seems old and out of date that, that a woman stays home and takes care of the, the kids, but that's, there's a reason why that's been done for time immemorial. And it, it has to do with how women are wired. They're, they're wired motherly. That's why we call it motherly, you know, and they can take care of children there. Yeah. A man can do that. Like there was a time where my wife had to leave town and, and go visit her family for an emergency for two weeks. Yeah. I could take care of the kids. Mm. 
I was glad everyone was alive at the end of the event because it was, it was challenging. You know, the house was a wreck, you know? Um, and, and she, she does it and, you know, she makes it look like effortlessly when she does it. It's, it is a lot of work, but, but we're wired different. And it's important to, to recognize that, yeah, that difference and agree. celebrate them, not make everyone the same because we're not the same. God made us different on purpose. Yeah. Which is another, which is another thing that's like happening where you just like, it seems like society is just kind of trying to make everyone the same, just like, just, um, uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Um, where, where you don't look like a guy or a girl. Yeah, like just trying oh. to homogenize society and just make us is that no what's what's the word where you don't look like a guy or a girl? You know what I'm trying to say? Uh like a Is it it's not homogenized. No. Um. no. There's like a I I can't remember the word, but there's like a word and um where like there's a, you can't tell if it's a guy or a girl. It just kind of like looks neutral. Um like and I, I feel like like society's kind of going in, what? Like Pat, there was a sign or a, a Saturday Night Live skit a while back. They didn't know if Pat was a guy or a girl, and that was the gag. <laughs> they just called it Pat. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's gonna bug me when the, when the interview's over. I'll think of it and I'll be like, oh. Uh, okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just like we're just trying to we're just all morphing into like the same looking, just like boring blobs where we're all the same and nothing's interesting about us and we just are fat lazy unhealthy like unmotivated blobs and no one's special and (laughs) i feel like that's like what the goal is of society right now and it's so sad and then everyone since we're kind of going in that way everyone's trying to be special in their own way and they're like well i'm this i'm this i'm that i'm that and then we start labeling things because human nature is like you you naturally want to like be special like you you don't want to just be a blob of nothing which i think right. is also a testament to like being being created by an intelligent being because that you you have that into your in your heart to like to be somebody and i don't think that that could just crawl out of an ocean somewhere i think that's put inside of you by by a creator well it's interesting because that reminds me of this thing that david goggins says and i'm gonna i'm gonna say it very differently than he did because he peppers everything with lots of expletives and i don't have enough of those buttons to be using today um but basically his his idea and i don't know if he's christian or not and this is not a philosophy this is more of just just an idea to kind of think of this he says when i die and i go stand before peter at the at the pearly gates um he's gonna have a list and he's gonna look at this list and he said okay were you did you do this 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 because that's what you were supposed to do with what you were given and he goes no i didn't do any of those things I, I I didn't do that run. I didn't go save that family. I didn't go do this. I didn't go. Well, that's what we expected you to do with all the, the gifts we gave you. Now he, he said he wants to stand at the pearly gate and say, yeah, I did that. And look how much more I have. Look at all these other talents that I developed. You know, think of the earth as a yeah. gym, as a place to grow and expand. And that's why we go through hardships. You know, I just actually had this conversation with my wife last night because we're going through some hardships. And she said, why is this? She's asking, why is this still going on? It's so it's so we can grow. It's so that we become who God wants us to be, because we can't do that unless we go through those hard things. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it it connect and it all connects back too to like what you eat. Like it, it that's it like does. plays a huge role in your perspective and your mindset and you, what you're able to do and your motivation and your desires and and things like that. And because if your brain is just because your brain is like fat, your brain needs fat. It's like fat and cholesterol, right? Like that's what makes yeah. up your brain. So if your brain is like, yeah, if your brain's malnourished, like of course you're gonna not be the human that you could potentially be. Which again, who would really benefit from that? <laughs> right, right. And who benefits when we're all performing at our peak performance? You know, the kingdom of God goes further because of that. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I love that this turned into like a, a, a philosophical kind of uh, discussion. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, this is, look, it, you have to call on things bigger than yourself to make good points. And, and I think we're certainly doing that here. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, where can people... Because I, I actually just stumbled across you just the other day on YouTube. Tell us where we can find you uh, if we want to follow. Because you're doing some some big projects. You've got followers. You've, you're doing recipes. Where can we find that? Yes. Yeah, so I have a YouTube with my friend Serena, and we make carnivore recipes, or we try to carnivorize recipes, and. I'm an awful cook, so I, I make a lot of mistakes, but it's really fun. So we that is called Carnivore Revolution on YouTube. And then on Instagram, I'm just it's just my name, Jessalyn um, dot Randall. And I that's all I have is just Instagram and Facebook. <laughs> I can't and handle links more below. than that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put links below so we can find you and so uh, listeners can um, like, subscribe, and share. And I also encourage all the listeners to like and subscribe and share uh, videos that I'm doing because that helps get the word out. That helps raise both of us in the algorithms to get us out. I don't know if many of y'all know I recently had a video taken down. After it was one of my highest viewed, like 222 views because I just started YouTube. And it got yanked down because I wasn't following the, the authority figures from The Who even though the two people talking were a board-certified family physician and a board-certified OBGYN that specializes in uh, maternal fetal medicine, that's not authoritative enough. They had to take that down to protect you, the listener, because it's all about shielding you from from things that could be true or dangerous. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's right. (laughs) True and dangerous. Uh, Because truth is the sword of the spirit, and we must always put on the full armor of God every day. Amen. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us and thank you for helping us make courage more contagious than fear. Thank you for having me. Just a reminder for everyone out there, the duty uniform of the day, the full armor of God. Let's all make courage more contagious than fear.